Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. So the excitement for the Phillies is at a point that we haven't seen in a while. This is a young, exciting team that's just rattled off a couple of nice wins at home. And so to talk about it with us, joining us now from The Athletic, uh, covers the team every day, Megan Montemuro is on the show. Megan, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you've been covering the team, and at this point they've played 11 games. What do you make of the uh, Phillies so far? Well, I think probably the most impressive thing so far is with it being a young team, they've been able to bounce back from kind of a tough opening road trip in Atlanta and New York to win uh, win the homestand, sweep the Reds, take five of six games. Um, so I think that's really important. You know, they're going on another road trip now with a winnable series in Tampa and Atlanta. And with the schedule kind of picking up after that um, later in the month with quality of teams, uh, it's important that they're kind of getting on a roll a little bit. And you're having guys like Scott Kingery step up. Michael Franco has stepped up. Uh, you're seeing the offense come alive and pretty solid starting pitching performances. So it's kind of all, it all, it all kind of came together in the homestand. Yeah, for sure. And one of the guys that really has stuck out is Scott Kingery. So what is it about Kingery at this point that's made him successful? Well, I mean, I think one thing is, you know, defensively, he really hasn't shown any issues playing so many different positions, which is great uh, for manager Gabe Kapler because it allows him to move him around in the outfield, in the infield, and it creates ways to get him in the lineup. And for Kingery, he's shown that playing in the big leagues, the transition of not having any experience before the season hasn't really mattered. Uh, for the most part, he's held his own. Uh, obviously, he's had some big hits between, you know, his first, home run grand slam then the you know the walk-off sacrifice fly last night so he's really kind of shown he can do it all and i think that's impressive given his agent experience yeah and one of the challenges for gabe kapler is that he's had to find ways to get kingery in the lineup do you do you think that for developing kingery where you're putting him in all this different all these different spots is that a good idea I think it's okay. I mean, obviously, it's not a long-term solution. He still profiles as a second baseman, but, you know, he's 24. He has shown that he can handle the challenge of playing multiple positions, and obviously, second base is his best position, but he's still been able to do a pretty good job in the outfield where he uh, he played center field his freshman and sophomore year at Arizona, so he's not completely inexperienced out there, and I think the main thing is just going to become more comfortable with uh, the shifts that they use and knowing where he needs to be on double plays if he's playing shortstop and he's shifted more dramatically than maybe he would be used to not having played the position a lot. So I don't think it really hurts his development too much because it's not going to be a long-term solution. And, you know, I, th- I think it's, it, he's fine with it if it gets him in the lineup. So I, I think he has the right attitude to take it on. All right. And so you mentioned the shifts and, and that's one of the biggest sticking points at this point for Gabe Kapler. So what do you think of that managerial style where he is very aggressive with the shift? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an adjustment all around, particularly particularly for the players. It's something they did a lot in spring, but, you know, that was just kind of the first glimpse of it for a lot of them. Uh, while the Phillies did some shifting last year, 
it, it certainly wasn't to this level. So there's still some, uh, you know, some shakiness in terms of just getting comfortable to doing it. But the more they do it and the more familiar that they get with it, I, I think, you know, it becomes more natural. And obviously, from the perspective of a viewer, you're going to see the moments where the shift doesn't work, where because they're playing a drastic uh, shift and, and not in a normal double play depth, you know, they might not get a double play that they would if the guys were playing normal straight-up double play depth. But there's also going to be moments where, particularly maybe in the outfield, one of the outfielders will be shaded to, say, right center field, and they'll take away what sh should have been a sure double and turn into a flyout. So it, there's going to be some give and take. But Kapler and the Phillies are confident that over the course of the season, it'll end up favoring the Phillies, even if, you know, it costs them in, in a few moments. Yeah, and you talk about familiarity with the shift, and that's one of the things is it's so new to see a Phillies manager be so aggressive and using analytics in that way. So just for a frame of reference, uh, compared to rest, the rest of baseball, where does Kapler lie in terms of how aggressive he is with the shift? Well, I mean, I think across baseball, shifting has become a lot more accepted, and you have more managers that I guess you would describe as more new school that are more willing to do things uh, pretty dramatically defensively. I know the Astros have been, I believe it's the Astros, that have been doing um, some experimenting of uh, putting a fourth outfielder, depending on who's hitting. Um, so it's, it's not as foreign as, say, maybe 10 years ago, but... If you're used to watching the Phillies, it's going to stand out for sure. Um, but I, I think it's it's pretty well accepted now. I think with a lot of, especially with a younger team. I mean, you're always going to have some players that are not completely on board, and sometimes pitchers won't always be thrilled in the moment because you know they'll turn turn around and see there's no defender where you know they just put a double play ball in play. So th there's always going to be some moments of adjustment, but I think for the most part. Over the course of time, you'll see you'll see guys buy in and, and understand the benefits to it. Okay, so we're talking with Megan Montemuro. She's with The Athletic in Philly and does a great job covering the team. And you actually just put up a piece on The Athletic the other day about the Phillies and their stealing. And so what is it about the stealing that's important when it comes to the Phils? Yeah, the interesting thing is they're pretty open about letting guys determine when to steal. And it's been paying off so far uh, entering uh, – through the Red Series, their 11 stolen bases were second in the major leagues behind the Nationals, and a lot of those runs ended up being, you know, pretty timely. They either uh, three of them either tied or gave the Phillies the lead um, on the stolen with the stolen base scoring. So it, it shows that they that they find value in it, which is interesting because when you think of analytics, you don't really think of stolen bases because there's that risk that you're giving up and out, but they trust their guys. Um, they have some really smart base runners, guys like Reese Hoskins, who you wouldn't think is a threat to steal bases. He has pretty good instincts and can read pitchers pretty well that, you know, he's stolen two bases already. Um, there was one instance where he, he was a little bit too aggressive trying to steal third, but they like that. And for the most part, they're letting the base runners, have the green light and figure out when to go. And, you know, for guys like Scott Kingery, who has the speed to make it happen, and Cesar Hernandez, who certainly has the speed, but in the past hasn't always been successful, they're, they're wanting them to be aggressive and test things. And so far it's been paying off for them. 
It certainly has. Now, for the Phillies, they've been on a winning streak, and one of the things you forget about as they're playing well is that they don't have everybody yet. So for guys like Neshek and Hunter, uh, what's the expectations for them in, in getting back onto the team? Yeah, Hunter is definitely closer than Neshek. Um, as of Wednesday, it was possible that Hunter might go on the trip to Tampa, uh, but it was they're still deciding that. The biggest thing for him is it's, it's right, hamstring, right hamstring injury, and he's fine throwing. He's been throwing bullpens, but he has to show that he can field the position and cover first without any lingering soreness. So he might have to go out for a short rehab assignment um, just to see some live hitters, but it doesn't sound like he should be out too much longer with that. As for Nishak, with a shoulder injury, it's, it's still kind of up in the air. Um, he was going to be out a couple weeks, I think it was, Maybe early May would be the clo- like the earliest that he would be back, but until he really starts throwing again, it's really hard to gauge with shoulder injuries when he could come back. So he's definitely much further off than Tommy Hunter. All right. Well, that's Megan Montemuro of The Athletic. And, Megan, we appreciate you hopping on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Absolutely. So, yeah, you can check her out at The Athletic. And, Megan, by the way, is brought to you by the schwartz Culleton guest line. Injured at work, you can get justice. Call schwartz Culleton at 8 8- Hundred Justice. We're going back to the phones, talking to Matt and Redding. Matt, what's on your mind? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.